Hello, guys. It's Gene and your boy Dio. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> so this is going to be top 10 episodes of Wine Jar Cynics. And I know it's corny, but guess what? It's Chinese New Year's. <laughs> so we're, we're using the Chinese New Year, the Lunar New Year, for a justification to make a top 10 because we didn't do it last time. We did not do it in New Year's, man. Yeah, we missed... Uh we missed it, man. We, had, we missed that. So it was a little bit of fucking snow, and then people freaked out, and then we couldn't do anything. Because it's like that in the Pacific Northwest. Just On the East Coast, dude, Boston, Maine, man, New Hampshire. People New know Hampshire. how to deal with it. They're more prepared. Well, they got the infrastructure for it, one, one, but, you know. I mean, yeah. I mean, they should have it here. Yeah, I mean, if they, it, they, they just get, in case. They get snow here. We pay a, we pay a shit ton here. of tax. They, they pay get it, snow here. Every year. At least once a week. Like, for a week, it's, like, kind of, like, sticks. So, you think they'd be better prepared to... <laughs> that's a, but that's a tirade for another day. So, let's do top ten episodes from One John Cynics. What is top... The l- Number ten. Cons- number ten. I got Conspiracy Theory Iceberg. That and one that was, was not even the iceberg. That was, like... That was a prologue. <laughs> prologue to it. You know, no, no, no. Because the... the, the the iceberg is going to get crazy because we're going to entertain. We're going to play devil's advocate. We're going to talk about a lot of goofy, wacky ideas, but some really interesting ones. And it's like a thousand conspiracy theories. Over a thousand. We're going to try to do it with people who are like, under more understand the conspiracy themselves. By the way, the conspiracies are an inspiration from Wendigoon. He's a cool creator. I love him, man. He's wholesome, cool, nice. Follow him on Instagram. I'm looking down below. But, um, yeah, we're trying to do one of those ourselves because we're, we're trying to do it from a cynic's perspective. And the whole point of it, the prologue was just saying, hey, let's try to entertain these ideas. Let's try to talk about it. I mean, the first tier, tier one in um, the w- conspiracy theory iceberg was, hey, um, MK Ultra, um, so many of these conspiracies are actually based in reality. Cointelpro, um, what is the other one? Um, there's a, there's a ton that are just the surface level. Everybody knows about them. Oh, I think also the, uh, what was it? The, sorry about that. Uh, the one with the owl god that they worship, the cult. Not the oh, cult, uh, the one uh, in the Redwoods. Bohemian Grove. Bohemian Grove, yeah. Bohemian Grove, yeah. And then the, and then you go deeper and deeper and you see, you hear some very obscure shit. You hear, um, what are the, the fucking weaponized femboys? Tesseract Earth. The Tesseract Earth. <laughs> Yeah, Tesseract, you get some also very thoughtful stuff, like um, mind, not mind-boggling, but more like, you get you get like the fucking pr- uh, Jew alien prison warden one. Oh my God, that one's so, this is not for the faint of heart. This is some stuff that, if you hear people talk about this, you, they're, they're, if you talk, if we, if we ever like become big and people are hearing this, they're going to be like, one's your cynics, you're talking about the Jew wardens guarding the planet. There was some <laughs> freaking crazy topics. So here's the thing about the idea of the conspiracy theory iceberg. The way I see it, it's like, hey, this whole podcast is we're having fun. We're talking about ideas that are we're engaging with ideas from different um, topics, philosophy, like the cynics and the Stoics. Then we do text the tech stuff, watchdogs, stuff with corruption, stuff with um, existentialism, 
existential risk. Um, even a little bit of prepping, what happens when there's no tech available? How are you going to survive? Um, pretty much like, hey, it's um, Diabolo Advocatus. I can't say it in Latin, but devil's advocate. Like, you can entertain an idea without accepting it. You know, that's it. You know, we're, we're having fun. We're talking about ideas. That's the whole prologue. Uh, eventually, you know, we want to talk about the um, conspiracy theory iceberg and ta- do a whole series. I mean, we did a whole s- religion. Like, s- it'll be, yeah, it'll be a multi-parter. Probably, man. How many? There's nine. Nine tiers. Nine tiers. Plus zero. Plus zero. So ten tiers. Yeah. It's going to be at minimum ten episodes. And, you know, we're going to skip some of the ones that we don't really... Obviously, have so much interest in. There's some that just flat out kind of dumb. Like, there's no even point of talking about it. Like, you know? Yeah. Like, flat earth. Like, I don't have much to say about the flat earth. Okay, the earth is flat. Like, everyone bi- like, like big, big whoop. Everyone kind of knows that one. Big too. whoop. Want to fight about I uh, <laughs> can't believe I didn't put that on. I wish we had uh, Cassius here. He loves playing with the bu- the the buttons. Big whoop. You want to fight about it? Okay, that is top ten. Now, let's go on... Oh, I lost it. Num- Continuing num- the countdown? Number nine. Number nine. This Th- was, I was not present, so I don't know. No, I think you were. This was Wanjar um, Cynic's episode 46, Wisdom and... Cr- wasn't and that Haru? Haru. I wasn't there. What were you doing that day? I don't know. It was weird. <laughs> this all... <laughs> <laughs> this all happened, like, where I'm staying, but I just wasn't there. <laughs> it's kind of funny how that worked out. I don't know what I was doing. I can't remember. I swear you were there that day, though. You were just, like, doing something. You were, like, on a call or something. Oh, yeah. I was on a call, and I couldn't be uh, on the cast. When I, we, I was around. Haru was a very awesome character. I'm hoping we have him on. He is really interesting to talk to. He goes on a lot of freaking tangents. So that's the thing about him. But um, pretty much the episode was criticizing the status quo and talking about how, you know, Thomas, Just Thomas Jefferson? He did bring up... <laughs> did he bring up Thomas <laughs> Jefferson? You weren't there. <laughs> but it's like... Pretty much just talking about... Again, he's the one who's kind of more into conspiracy theories. Before I wasn't like into it. I am now as a term of like... Uh, kind of a thought experiment, you know? So now that he we did that episode with so him... We kind of... Yeah, I'm sure he'll pop on for one of the conspiracy theory iceberg episodes. I mean, it, it just fits him because he he was a, uh, I mean he we wanted to talk about calisthenics, and other stuff, but it's like, man. Um, we ended up talking about conspiracy theories somehow. I think we were talking about in just the, like in the episode with Haru. Yeah, we did, and we ended, we ended up talking about some, some conspiracy theories. JFK. No, no, no stuff like um, what did we talk talk about? I don't remember too much, but that's number ten for whatever reason because I think Haru is interesting. I mean, who's the one who got you into this stuff that's kind of like conspiratorial, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, he he opened that that door to me. I got away from it for a little while, but uh like when we were going through the conspiracy conspiracy theory iceberg, we did actually an episode but the audio was not up to par, so we decided to redo it. But like just going through that it brought me back, brought back so many memories of just kind of doing research that was initiated by conversations I had with Haru. And and wait, how did he get you into his, what conversations would he have? He would just tell you, Dio, um, I don't know how to tell you this, but 
you're you're living a simulation. <laughs> the, the, it's never the simulation one. I'm trying to think of one in particular. Man, I can't. I'd have to look back through it. I can't remember right now. Alex Jones? Was so it, stuff that he did, would talk about or no? Was Haru into Alex Jones? I don't know. I but, don't even know. But Haru also has wisdom about, you know, just a... Because, I mean, back then, if you looked into conspiracy theories, Alex Jones was the biggest person. So I, I knew about Alex Jones back then from that. I don't know if Haru, like, introduced me to Alex Jones or if just... Searching on the internet, Alex Jones came up. Here's the thing with um, Haru. We were talking a lot about wisdom, too. Like, what did you learn when you were, like... Like, what is, like, some of the best wisdom you've heard? And we were with Mac as well. Do you know? So that's the, that was the interesting part about him. Seeing his perspective on, you know, what the n- new generation is lacking and things of that nature. Oh, I'm sure that's something he, he enjoys talking about, for sure. That sounds right up... Right up his alley, right? All right, let's do... We're going to have Haru on eventually. Sorry if we we haven't had him on. He was one of our first... Honestly, we can kickstart the uh, conspiracy theory iceberg with him. He'll get on. Haru will make himself available. Haru, we're going to have to do it with. Cassius, I don't think so. Mac is going to be hard. a little bit tougher. Mac shouldn't be hard, but (laughs) it's been a little tough as of late, which I get because he's busy. He's got a lot going on. Um... Which I understand. I'm in the same position you are as well. And he's like in another state, so it makes it tough. Uh, but yeah, we got, I really want to get that one rolling. Because once the momentum kicks in. Of course, of course. And that's going to be the thing that we promised, by the way, in the last year. We said we're going to do collabs. We did. We made a promise. We did Watch Dogs. Um, we haven't done many episodes because a lot of it has to do with some research. Um, I'll throw this out. I can get us some random collabs if you want. Really? Yeah. Do it, man. We're um, I'm interested. We want got to have it on video. And let's get on to number eight. Number eight. Number eight. I cannot see what the full title is. I have it. Followers I have of it. okay. Followers of Diogenes the dog. Oh, okay. This is the uh, highest uh, highest rated episodes tended to do with like the more analytic, not analytical, but I would say the more academic side of the cynicism philosophy, like the history. The, the characters, the and this is kind of like the st- secessions, like the miniseries. I would like to do this as a real YouTube video where I could I could narrate and then we could talk about I could talk about the whole history. Because the history is fucking long. It's like two thousand years. With their, again, cynics come in all different shapes, sizes, forms, ideas. They all kind of have like a similar idea, like truth to power. Let's talk about you know, um Self-sufficiency? You know, ha- ha- so, well, self-sufficiency in terms of like their self-sufficiency is obviously different, right? But like they're, they're, they have the Socratic idea, the so- Socratic method. Like, hey, let's talk about stuff. Let's try to get to the truth. Let's try to, you know, live freely. Let's try to, you know, again, be cynical in the old sense as in like let's be a little skeptical. Let's also, you know, there's many, many things of the old cynics that I like. There's many things I also don't like. And I take the ones I do like, but but pretty much like that. This was like the historical relevancy, like Diogenes, the followers of Diogenes. Again, Diogenes, he did exist. Some of the stories were mythological legends. Again, that happens in history. You're playing telephone, but um, yeah, it's pretty much about the pupils of Diogenes. Again, 
Onesicritus, or one of the pilots in Alexander the Great's expeditions. And you have Crates of Thebes, who was the teacher of Zeno the, the Stoic. Even though people never talk about this, but he was actually did, a cynic. Did he deface the coin? No. He didn't what was that? That was Diogenes. The, ro- the whole reason that, that uh, what's it called? Diogenes? Yeah, he d- yep, he defaced it. And we, we talked about that in one of the earliest episodes, that it actually, there were defaced coins in that area of the Black Sea. I thought it was like someone well, else related to No, him. no, th- that was the argument. People, they attribute it to Diogenes, but it may or may not have been him. That's That was the issue, the historical arguments. But for practical reasons, let's say he did. Just because, like, he's been, like, popularizes it. it could was his daddy? It could have been his daddy, yeah. Again, the guy who was the owner of the mint in, in that area, in Sinope. And by the way, if we ever do travel laws, we can go to the cynic areas. That's His statue is there, you know that? Diogenes. Is it a pretty nice one? It's like the, the regular one. He has a lantern. He has, like, a little dog next to him. It's kind of cool. But um, pretty much this episode was... Also, a, a bit, a bit about crates of thieves. He's the one who's called like he was the good cynic, as in he's the one they call him the um, I forgot what the the name they gave him. The name was like the key, the opener of do- the door opener, because Diogenes is the bad cynic, as in not bad as in he wasn't he was a bad person, but he was like he was like the cynic that like it's like good but good he, cop bad cop. He rubbed people the wrong way. Rubbed people the wrong way, but rough around the edges. The, act, like the theatrics were there. Mm-hmm. People were like, "Hey, this guy's kind of crazy, but he has some. He's he's a little crazy. He's a little fucking nutty, but some of the stuff are pearls of wisdom. It is true. Maybe yeah. we shouldn't rely too much on status. I think I met like reincarnated ver- <laughs> reincarnated version of him downtown. When I when I think you lose everything, you become a very almost philosophical. I mean, you become kind of a Diogenes. What you else like, you have left? You better be thinking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's very interesting. You start seeing. I mean, that was yeah. Either, and he did. Either you're very wealthy, and you have the means to think about different ideas and philosophies, or you're very poor. <laughs> you just have that same means. Exactly. <laughs> you just you're just homeless, yeah. and you have the time to think about things that you do because you, you have the time. Especially if you live in Greece, it's pretty warm. It's like, hey, you know, we're just hanging out, right? It's not a big deal. But um, so yeah, that that creative Thebes. There's a story that he gave away his money and his wealth, and then he became a cynic. That was the, he's the good cynic. Like, oh, he's so great, you know. And then apparently Christianity was kind of influenced by this, by creative of Thebes. Like I think in one of the Italian mo- uh, monasteries, or I want to say one of the chapels. One of the very important ones. They have crates of thieves like pouring out his money because that's a good Christian. It was what you know, good Christian supposed to give to the needy. You know, that's charity, things like that, and that they they put that put him there as the epitome of that because you know this is a long time ago. This how, is did, the, how did he give it away? Just like throw it in. The no, I, I think he, I think he redistributed to the people. I think. How? I li- think he literally just gave it away. Some checks. Oh no, he gave it with coins, obviously. <laughs> just like had like a bunch of little baggies with a few. Coins. I think he was loaded, as in he was so loaded he could literally get his slaves to do it. <laughs> he still had like slaves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah after this, you're free. You just take, yeah, no, take, no. I mean, that, I mean, George go. Washington. He after the war ended, he freed some of his slaves. A lot of them. He didn't free all of them, I think, but he's 
again for his time, it's a lot better. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. But yeah, I don't know the whole story of the process in which he did it. I, I obviously, but he did it, and that's why it's a big deal. He did it. He 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 was the teacher of Zeno, who was a Phoenician, so he was a you know North African, and he was like he was into philosophy, and then it turns out like hey. Uh, I like I like this philosophy, but you know I think it needs some reworking. Like I still do want to participate in society, you know, and that's why he he kind of divorced himself from the cynics. He's like I want to have my own school, but I do want to base it off some of the stuff, the fundamental ideas you guys have. Again, that's the reason why cynicism is already stoicism, stoicism because stoicism is about well, it's not about that, but it does put an emphasis on trying to live in harmony with society. Whereas like cynicism is like, hmm, fuck society, fuck the rules, fuck the fuck the leaders, you know, fuck the mob, fuck these systems, all that. I don't care. Like I'm, I, let's speak truth to power, even if it hurts people. That's like the way they see things. Like I'll shit, on, I'll have to shit on their desk if I have to get my point across. I'll go to Plato's lecture and tell him that's that bipedal bipedal animal is not a fucking man. That's a chicken. Yeah. Embarrass him. And then that's the, that was that episode. No, but actually it was mostly about, yeah, Crates of Thieves. Who is he? Again, he's the fucking door opener. He's a good guy. He's a good cynic. He's a good example of, hey, you can be, you don't have to be mean about it. Hey, just go around, do your thing. And then, yeah, he, and a lot of people liked him. Apparently he, he liked him so much. He was called the door opener as in they would let him in the house and he would like kind of like calm things down, use logic, use the Socratic method. You know, and then kind of, like, fix people's, like, problems. It was interesting. Like, marital issues? Even that, I think, yeah. Arguments. And he would just, like, yeah, use logic and logos. But, um, and yeah, the Onesicritus was the, he was inspired by Diogenes. Yeah, I want to say he's a follower, but he liked Diogenes' philosophy, and he was with Alexander the Great. Again, Alexander the Great, he spoke to Diogenes, right? And I, I like that meme where it's, like, the meme where he's like, oh my god, it's Diogenes. He's got like the, the soy face. And he's like, get out of my son. And it's like the Chad Diogenes, get out of my son. <laughs> like, yeah, that was funny. So, Diogenes is the bigger Chad? He has the bigger Chad. That's, man, that's a kind of a... I mean, think about it. He was a slave to his own ambition. Alexander the Great was awesome. It's a bit of a knock on his legacy. Alexander the Great was a great person, but, you know... He was a slave to his own ambition. I mean, he got himself killed by... Actually, he might have been poisoned. I don't think it was malaria. I think he was poisoned by one of his generals who was probably afraid that he was going to become way too par- more powerful than he already was. Like, his influence was just enormous, though. After he died... Alexander? Like, people were just like... Oh, of course. Uh, trying to pretty mimic much him. Caesar mimic him. Ride his coattails. Caesar, Caesar was obsessed with him. He wanted to be him. Um, Napoleon Bonaparte wanted to be like Caesar and like Alexander the Great. All great leaders want to be him. Everybody. So yeah, he's a huge like deal. Entire empires were trying to like tie themselves to his his lineage, essentially. Mm-hmm. He's a big deal, and he, he, in order it's to a po- like consolidate their own power. It's a popular name for a reason. Alexander is like one. Uh, again, you want to be named after someone great, but again, he he ended up dying. And he got sick at like thirty something, thirty five years old, and like what is now like I think either I think he was either Babylon or 
Pakistan, but he yeah he died to his own ambition. Unfortunately, he died in Babylon or Pakistan. I thought he died in uh, Egypt. No, I don't think I don't think he died in Egypt. I think he died in in Pakistan. He's he just got, like because he got he, mal- he, he got mal- mo- Oh, he was. I think he was moved to Egypt. No, they moved his body. His, and ge- were, his, his the plan was to move him back, right? To Greece. To, to Greece, but he never ended up getting. No, because point. they wanted his body. Yeah, they wanted his body. To, yeah, to show hey to get pretty much power. Yeah, exactly. That. To say that I have his body. I have his power in a sense, and it's like, you know, that's that's one of the craziest mysteries. Where did his body go? People think that it maybe it was destroyed during the um, uh, fire, either a fire or it could have been during like the religious persecution when they wanted to destroy all remnants of paganism, when they were establishing the Abrahamic ideologies. Like they're like, hey, we don't like pagans. He is a symbol of pagans. He believed in Zeus and all these things, so they wanted to get get rid of that. But anyway, yeah, he died. But he died of malaria, officially, not officially, but like that is like what they like to talk, like to say. I personally think he was poisoned. But anyway, Diogenes was right. You know, he died because of his own ambition. He could have, you know, lived lived longer and eat figs and lentils in the sun. I mean, he still could have got malaria though. Yeah, he still could have got. <laughs> Diogenes apparently died at, at a pretty ripe age. He died in the eighties, apparently. It's like, look at me. I lived longer. He See? lived longer. <laughs> he lived longer. That's crazy. He lived longer, and he was just doing his thing. Um, Alexander, again, it's a it's a trade off. Either you live a life that's like very comfy. Well, it wasn't comfy, but like his his choice, the way he wanted it. I mean, their own they're kings in their own ways. He's the king of his own fate because he's like, I don't care. I'm going to do what I want. And he did what he want, right? No one stopped him. He And also, and then Alexander, he got what he wanted. He got an empire. It split up, but his, he's been immortalized. Again, he became a god, essentially. Okay, let's do episode... Let me see, 10. Well, they saw seven. him as a god. People saw him as yeah, a god. Yeah, well, yeah, he saw himself as a god, too. I think it was because of... Uh, the oracle, right? The oracle, yeah. He told he went, but he it, told him pretty much. Well, I think they said it on accident because they didn't speak Greek well, and they're like, "Oh," <laughs> and he took it as like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> I am." Yeah, I, I think apparently that's apparently <laughs> mistranslation, and the <laughs> apparently that's the story. He went up to them, he's like, and they tell him, "Oh, by those," like then that means like, "Oh, the son of God," and they meant to say, "Oh, my son," like, you know, but sunny boy. It's like, oh God, I'm God. I I thought it was just propaganda. I guess it's true because his mom would tell him that. His mom was also a cult. She was in a cult. She was in the snake cult specifically. She also probably killed his dad so he could get into the throne. And Alexander killed his brothers to become the king of Macedon. Also, you know what's something cool? Apparently, he was born during during a thunderstorm, and that's why they said, oh, he's the son of of Zeus. Because, like, you know, how it you is know, back I w- then. I was born during a thunderstorm. No, no way. Yeah. Maybe you were something more. <laughs> you're something more, man. You're fucking uh, Zeus. You should be Percy Jackson. I'm waiting for, like... <laughs> then to come? <laughs> for someone to come and be like, Hey, your destiny awaits you. <laughs> destiny. <laughs> Don't say that word. Don't say that word. <laughs> It's a stripper's name. 
All right, cynicism. Okay, episode. Okay, ta. Okay, number. Number. I suck at these. Number seven. Seven. Cynicism versus your mom. What is it? Cynicism versus cynicism. So big C and little C. So big C is the philosophy of cynicism. Little C is the philosophy. Is like the modern cynicism. I think there's overlap. Don't get me wrong, but a lot of it has to do with almost the modern cynics. They really don't have much to do with the old cynics. Have you ever gone like full autist explaining this to a woman and she just like stops talking to you? (laughs) (laughs) You know what? You know how there's people talk about misinformation, disinformation? Well, let's talk about the disinformation making the old cynics look like the modern cynics because they're not. Yeah, I probably would look autistic when I said that, but it's like. Gotta like mansplain it. And mans- you know what? Right, right, right. It's just a meme. That like, you, you know, yeah, right. <laughs> it's like I can imagine with one of the girls is like, um, you're, you're such a cynic. Well, oh, actually. Well, actually. <laughs> Let me explain this. Well, actually. And it's like, no, I kind of did it to him. I was telling my mom and she was just like, she still uses the word. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. No, but it's like there's overlap, so I don't think it's a bad thing. I think the overlap is... But it's made out to be more of a negative. Today. Okay, here's the thing with the cynics. Again, as I said, it's like most of the... It's, like it's seen as a negative trait today. Yeah, always. No matter what. And as psychologists always talk about it. You, you shouldn't be cynical because that's um, bad for your health. And I'm talking about cynical as in the modern cynic, little yeah. c. Old cynicism, obviously, I think there's a lot to learn. The history, hey, even if you don't like, like, practicing it, like, you're not into, like, oh, being suspicious and, like, calling people out and all that, you know, the things that the old cynic philosophers would do. Hey, there's a lot of overlap with stoicism, too. Again, one of it is an indifference. Again, try not to focus too much on, again, there are great people who liked cynicism. They were the old cynicism philosophy. Again, um, the most famous one was the last pagan emperor of Rome. Forgot what his name was, but he was a big fan of the cynics. Um, Christi- a lot of the cynics, there is also a connection with the cynics and the old Christians back in the day. Apparently, there is. They used a lot of the cynics were people who were travelers, who were wanderers. So they would go to f- during the Roman times to the farthest stretches of the Roman Empire. Again, that is Judea as well. So there were some there who may have influenced some of the Christian doctrine. Which people, they kind of, obviously, they, there's some, how to say, controversy with that. They're, they don't want to be, like, kind of, like, piled up with that, with paganism stuff. But, you know, paganism has influenced Christianity. I don't think it's a bad thing. It's just what it is. Yeah. But it's like, um, yeah, no, there's a lot to learn about cynicism from the history, the way it connects to stoicism. I think stoicism is cool, but I think cyni- sto- cynicism is the... How do I say it? I think it's the hipster version of Stoicism. That's how I'd call it. Because Stoicism is really popular now. Yeah. It's really, really popular. And for a good reason. I mean, Marcus Aurelius, I mean, I think if you're in very stressed out, you work in something really, really, like you're an emperor of the most powerful empire on the planet at the time. You were literally the most powerful man. You're probably going to be pretty fucking stressed out. So you find so- Stoicism as a way to kind of cope with that. Like, hey... A lot of shit are out of my control. Some things like I'm going to focus on the things I can control. I'm going to be indifferent to the things that are kind of messing with me. I mean, and stoicism also has had a negative connotation too. Like, oh, you're so stoic, you know? But I don't think, I think the the thing about, that's the funny thing that they should, 
that stoicism and cynicism share is that they share the fact that the modern interpretation of it is negative. Like if the, I've heard of it, I've, I've heard people like t- tell people, Oh, the Russian people, they're so stoic. Yeah, you know? that's true. Or they say, Oh, these, pe- these people are cynical, you know? And I think a lot of it has to do with the people, a lot of competing schools Again, propaganda. Uh, yeah, it was disinformation. A lot of disinformation from the Epicureans who didn't like the Stoics, right? Epicure, and that's something we can talk about as well. Um, we talk about disinformation all the time. A lot of the stuff we know about the Cynics, who barely wrote stuff, is sources that were talking negatively about, about them. It's just like, for example, like if we talk about Christianity, who are the apostates? We're gonna see. It, it, obviously, we're going to only see the Christian version of who the apostates were, right? The negative version, the negative history. It's a very biased view of seeing things, right? Mm-hmm. It's like if the, what is it? Um, it's like if I dislike somebody and I write a book on them, and then that person, whoever I hate, they write a book, but then it gets lost. They're gonna only going to see my version. They'll be like, oh, well, that guy must sound like a fucking asshole. Yeah. Well, of course, then you're going to see a negative point of it. You're going to see cynicism as a negative thing. Again, some of these people, some of these cynics were politicians. And again, there is a evidence that the cynics, a lot of the people who were against Julius Caesar, the conspirators, were cynics. Yeah. They were. They liked that philosophy. A lot of people do part-time cynicism, part-time stoicism. You don't have, I don't think you got to be so dramatic and dogmatic about it. It's a philosophy. It's an ethical system. Take what you will from it. There's some good stuff and bad stuff and everything. That's why when I talk about like Diogenes, like no one would ever want to do that. And that's why Stoicism began because it's like the first teacher of the one of Diogenes' students, Creative Thieves, said, "Hey, you got to do it this way. You can't go to school. You want to learn physics? What are you, fag?" I mean, some people do want to. I use the F word, by yeah. the way. I mean, you can go to San Francisco. There's plenty of people who want to shit in public. That's true. So exactly, <laughs> and exactly, and I don't. And, and then, and, and he was he was a reserved he was a reserved little Phoenician, and he even told him that, oh, my little 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 dark Phoenician, you know, he's like he used to like kind of make fun of him and be like, you're so you know, get us not care about what people think, and he would throw the freaking lentil soup on him. He's like, ah, you know, I think I want to create my own philosophy. Not enough. You know, and, I'm, <laughs> and I, by the way, I'm I'm quoting that movie, so don't get mad at me. What was that movie? The uh, Boondock that, Saints. Boondock Saints. Yeah, fucking Willem Dafoe's line. <laughs> <laughs> but it pretty much is like, um, yeah, it's R-rated stoicism, and um, I don't I don't know why I went on this tangent, but it's like, again, that's when we talk about cynicism, it's like nihilism. Nihilism is not necessarily just like not seeing the meaning and everything. That's the modern interpretation of it. Really, my nihilism, the philosophy is supposed to be about, hey, there is no meaning. And then they leave out the context, hey, but doesn't mean we don't have anything to live for. That means we have more to live for because we're mortal. You know, time is precious, time is short. That means we make our own meaning. But then, the, you know, the way people frame it is like, oh, you're a nihilist? Why don't you just kill yourself? Yeah. Like, Obviously, there's more to it. It's not just oh, there's no meaning. Get on with it. No, it's like there is. It's the whole point of Friedrich Nietzsche was Gott is tot, which is God is dead in German. Like, hey, we don't have to rely on Christianity anymore for our moral compass. We can rely on other stuff, other ways of thinking about these things, and and going forward, you know. 
And that's what he said. And he was a big fan of cynicism as well, Friedrich Nietzsche. A lot of fans of cynicism. A lot of even George Carlin is considered a, a modern cynic. You know, a lot of people who are watchdogs, like I don't mean do- watchdogs, not in the way we talk about it, but the cynic way of being a watchdog is the stereotype is kind of loud and angry. Yeah, like oh, you know, he he he's so self righteous. You know, he wants to talk about this. I mean, it's like no, nah, it's like, you know, it's more than that. It's that, you know, it's about justice. It's about being transparent. It's about being a whistleblower even when, you know, you might look bad as well. It's like you let this happen. You knew about this. You waited so long, you know. That's how some people saw saw Edward Snowden. They're like, you're selling out your own country. Now our enemies know about all these technologies that we use. And I've heard of that, that um, he's considered a watchdog for civil liberties, for privacy. He, he pretty much unmasked the surveillance state. Right, and um, those are some of the attributes of a cynic, I think, that aren't aren't really shared with modern cynicism. Again, old cynicism, I think it's very different. I think I think people are easy to judge because you know that's that's the power of labels. If I say something, if I give a word a certain meaning, and it has that connotation, people will never understand it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, for example, um, let me think of a word. Man, there's so many words that have that mean that that aren't aren't used in the way that like ambition. Ambition can be seen as two ways. Some people see ambition as, hey, you're somebody who wants a lot of stuff. That's good. You know, you should try to be better. And there's some people who are like, Oh, you're so ambitious, as in you're willing to be Machiavellian almost. Mm. You know? Taken to the extreme. S- some people have different like, contexts. Like pizza. Yeah, man. Pizza supremacist, man. Some people are like, like this is pizza, but is it pizza? Is it pizza? This is more would like, it, would an Italian say it's pizza? Exactly. All right, let's see who is the dog. Episode. Oh, this is episode. Num- we're going number six. Oh, this is number. Sorry, number six. Number six. The dog philosopher. Okay, that's all I got. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry about that. I had to go. <laughs> I had to open it up. No, that's the dog philosophy uh, philosopher. Yeah, the dog philosopher that slashed a lot. Ah, it's a tongue twister. It's episode five of the cynic succession story. So stoic cynicism succession. So pretty much, how did the cynic historical figure, the founding fathers of cynicism, end up becoming the Stoics? You know, all the all the the main figures who ended up eventually. Yeah, there's a there's a tie-in from Socrates to Diogenes, from Diogenes to Crates, Crates of Thieves to um, Zeno. This is the most popular. All of them had to do with that. I think people want us to keep talking about it because I think a lot of people don't know what cynicism is. But anyway, the do- it's so what it's pretty much the dog philosophy. Like how are like why were the cynics called dogs? And again, you know Alexander the Great. That was the episode. Um, why are the cynics called dogs? The dog, you know the they're called dogs because they hound on the errors of people's ways, and I don't I don't think people like that. So that's why I don't think people wanted to. They, they talked a lot of bad things about the cynics because they criticized them. Uh, funny enough, a lot of them ended up becoming philosoph- uh, political philosophers. <laughs> Even though Diogenes was not, he was an anarchist. He didn't want anything to do with society. He, he was totally pro-freedom, even pro-negative freedoms. A taste of that power. 
Well, because it's a powerful tool to have the diatribe, the cynic diatribe, to be able to, t- you know, it's very effective. It's uh, effective ph- philosophical tool to be like, hey, this is why you're wrong, why you're a hypocrite, and why you're evil. And the cynic, and, and that's that was the that's the ironic thing about the cynics. That's why some people like to talk badly about the cynics because some of them, they were not like Diogenes. They ended up becoming the opposite of Diogenes, using cynic tactics like, hey, I'm gonna use a cynic diatribe. I'm a hound like I'm a hound at you like a dog, and sh- and then destroy your your reputation, your character in front of other. Using those Jedi powers for evil. He's they were Sith. They're pretty much the, th- the Sith of the cynics, not the Jedi. Where the whereas like the original cynics, like hey, let's live freely. Let's convert people. Let's just live on the streets. Let's do our own thing. Like you know, let's some of the people you wanted to go become adventure. Every every cynic was different. Some just malicious actors. The malicious actors. I don't think they did it on purpose to hijack it. I think they just understood. Hey, some of this, some of the rhetoric that they used before these cynics would be used would be great for politics. So I can destroy the character of my political opponents. And I think they would write, "Okay, fuck these cynics," (laughs) right when they would use the diatribe on them. Again, the diatribe is a cynic tactic, kind of just like destroy, you know, destroy them. It's effective. And um, that was the hounding. That's why they call them dogs because they they acted like dogs. As in, some of the Diogenes was dirty. He would hound like dogs, like as in the diatribe. And also because they were loyal to each other. The cynics yeah. they were loyal to each other. They roamed in packs in a way. Mm-hmm. And also they were um, yeah. There's all the good, a lot of the good traits of a dog, a lot of the bad tra- traits of a dog. That's yeah, the whole reason. Very different than being called a dog today. I mean, if it's there's furries now, so <laughs> I wasn't even going that route. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Remember, I uh, thank you. What did, what did the <laughs> go, dog? What thank did the guy? You. What did the guy say again? That um, in, I inside and well, on, all, a, no, on all levels, but physical, I am a wolf. There's a wolf. one the one chick who was like making like two hundred. Uh, the OnlyFans girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the OnlyFans girl. <laughs> Again, shamelessness was one of their um, the virtues of the cynics back then. Like, hey, don't be ashamed of anything. Just do what you want. I mean, essentially, that's what we're practicing now because we're using language that normies would not want to use. But, hey, this is our show. We're having fun. I don't think we should live in a, in a society. I like the shamelessness aspect in the sense of free speech. Like, in real life, obviously, I wouldn't talk to the, to people this way. I mean, people I don't know. But I think like if I'm comfortable with them, I don't I would be a little I don't mind being a little bit rougher on the edges. I think people should not have to walk around eggshells. Uh, specifically the co- comedy or entertainment like our show. It would be boring if we were just so academic all the time, you know. So be like, you know, sometimes let's make some edgy jokes. Like be like George Carlin. I like that. Yeah. I don't think it's a good it's a healthy society when we try to act like so prim and proper and, you know. Yeah. Uh, that's the one thing. It, I don't believe in like being naked and shitting on the streets like the cynics, but um, the whole shamelessness and then the way they would treat, where they would talk to other people, like you can still be have a little bit of it, but just a little bit, like you know, don't be afraid to like kind of use some shit. Some I would say, yeah, to it, be it can to not have to walk around eggshells, you know. There's a better ways to apply, and there's certain situations and cases where it's probably not best to apply i mean the thing about applying these things is what i like to when people are like they would like to criticize cynicism i'd be like well a lot of the people who did stoicism they weren't real stoics either like for example marcus aurelius he 
he would practice it, but he was still extremely rich and wealthy and powerful. He was kind of the opposite of what the Stoics wanted to be. Because they still want to be like cynics, you know? He wasn't living it. He wasn't living it. But he used the the aspects that were advantageous to him. Like, for example, the indifference, the focusing on what you can control, right? It, it, it applied to leaders as well. Just like... So he used it selfishly. Yeah. I mean, in, in a way, I mean, we're all selfish to a certain extent. Sometimes we got to put our health, our mental health, man, above. Otherwise, you're going to go crazy, you know? And you'll probably end up, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you guys couldn't see that, but uh. you guys couldn't see that, but yeah, it's it's not it's not good. You're, so you're just gonna break. You're gonna break. But um, I want to snap. Anyway, the cynicism. <laughs> oh, the the. Uh, oh yeah, the reason why I put Alexander the Great because it was that interaction between. And I don't. I don't think I did a good job. I think I would redo this series, make it more professional, find more sources, put some animations. I think it would be. It would do very well on youtube because a lot of people talk about stoicism but not about cynicism but if you can have a book and you can see uh, hey add some representation add some representation and people be like hey maybe and it kind of the cynicism philosophy kind of i feel like is it fits like well with american culture because we really love our free speech and i think as i said george carlin is like the cynic dry, diatribe master he was fucking amazing with that <laughs> you gotta. Would you, would you challenge him? Oh no, I don't think I would. I mean, I think I would, but I, I mean, com- he was a comedian. I don't know what he was like in terms of like. All you have to do is poop on his stage. Oh, you win. That's true. That's a. That's not me, man. That's for. That's the Pelosi pooper. <laughs> that's the Pelosi pooper. Uh, I almost forgot about that guy. <laughs> yeah, that's a true cynic. Is that political statement with his uh fucking poop? But uh, uh, the poop philosopher, that's who he was. No, I did it for, uh, really, it was a political <laughs> statement. But sometimes we need to do it in ways that are unorthodox. Just super academic and just, like, well-spoken. Right, he's like a PhD. <laughs> that's, I mean, that was that was Diogenes. He, was, um, people, he would woo people with his wits. And then poop on their doorsteps. And like, <laughs> I would be like, you know, I don't even want to, I, I would just be like, whoa. <laughs> I would just, but anyway, it's like, uh, what was I gonna say? Um, okay, so Alexander the Great meets Diogenes, and he calls him, "Hey, I'm Alexander the Great," and he's like, "Hey, I'm Diogenes the dog." Like he's being sarcastic, like, "Okay, I don't give a fuck." Like, what are you doing? Like, I'm just chilling, man. And it's like, people liked him. The whole town liked him for some reason. If Alexander the Great came up to him and said, "Hey, I want to introduce myself," and it's like the soy boy meme. <laughs> hey, I've heard you. I'm your biggest fan. And then Chad Diogenes, like, I'm Diogenes the dog. You know, all king, all men are kings. No, he literally said something like that. He what it, The quote was, um, Hey, king. All, all free men are kings. Because you have a kingly de, um, rulership over your own self, over your own vices, over your own negativity, over your own emotions. That is bit king, when you can control yourself. Are you advocating that we... Address other men as kings every time we talk to them? I think so. How's it going, king? It's going great, emperor. (laughs) I'm not Asian. Oh, yeah, you're right. (laughs) All right. Or am I? Yeah, we're not going to say what (laughs) ethnicity we are, so we can can use use that to our advantage. Mm -hmm. Because people are like, oh, my God, you... 
you know? Don't People don't need to know. I've you, got native blood, so I can speak on this. That's true, right? <laughs> right, right, exactly. Like, I, I, it actually annoys me when people say that. <laughs> the, the quarter fucking quarter natives? Yeah. Well, my, my grandma's native, so I can, I can say this. And the dudes that are, <laughs> I knew a girl who was half native, and she was blonde with blue eyes, and she's like, yeah, I'm native. I'm like, I know I don't look it, but it's like, yeah. I get, I get that. Uh, that's a whole. Di- that's a whole thing uh, uh, later. I thought I don't care. I think if she practices the culture, you whatever. But you can't expect me to like think you look native. You know. Yeah, it's like a, that's a different discussion. Do, it's, it do was. You look it was native. No. No. no <laughs> Are you? you? Def- yeah. Sure. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> do you look? No. We know what you look like. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, what was the? Yeah. Um. Everybody is ki- everybody is a king when they can rule over themselves, their vices and all that. And so I think that's a cool um, idea. Like, hey, because if you know how to master yourself, I mean, that's very powerful. Not many people know how to do that. Really, they don't. Mm. And I and I used to like. I don't want to name names, but I've seen people who they rely a lot on substance abuse and and things like that. And I know they've been through trauma. So a lot of it has to do with your upbringing as well, but it's like, man, when you the pe- when you can control your vices, like your procrastination, mm. lust, all these things, like you become powerful. Mm. You sound like JP right now. Oh, <laughs> you, you name drops. <laughs> I JP's Tavern. <laughs> Eight dollar Angus on Mondays. The, the legend no no but i'm telling you no no but that that idea that diogenes said that that's very powerful and very true it's like the karmic voice you got a you got a monster inside you that <laughs> 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 if you could just <laughs> release that and <laughs> why are you liking your daughter's um bikini pics that's the monster in me i gotta unleash it you gotta. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> Sorry, I, I no, 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 no. But that what you're saying is true, though. The shadow work. No, no. And we wanted to talk about that because we talked about Carl Jung. You know, funny, funny enough, that's not on here. I think the, all these concepts, they too overlap in terms of ethics, how you should treat yourself, how you should treat others, but also how you should like understand virtue. Um, I don't, I don't think it's bad. Like if you are. are you have discipline. You have motivation. You are, you know how to understand your vices and your strengths. I mean, you become like kings, like actually kingly. You can become a pilot. You know, I de- I mean, there are people who you know you get a lot of charisma, a lot of drive. You know, you can you feel like you can conquer the world, and when you can con- feel like you can conquer the world, like man, you can do a lot in the world, affect a lot of people with confidence. Absolutely. I'm, I mean, look at Alexander the Great. He thought he was a god, and he freaking conquered the world, the known world, parts of Africa, parts of Asia, and then the Greek world. That was the world back then, in that time. Touched the Americas, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, if, he, if he did, if he had landed, he freaking would have, though. That would have been legendary. He would have. That's the crazy part. He died too soon. He didn't live to eighty or anything like that. If he had lived to eighty, like like um, uh, Augustus, the first emperor of Rome, and he conquered a lot in his time, it would be insane. Didn't think about it. Yeah, history would have been. We probably so would, we probably all would have been speaking Greek, and and in a sense we are we are speaking Latin. 
English is not really that Germanic. Actually, if you think about it, I think 60% of the words in the English language are Latin-based. 30% are French. It's a Latin-based, it's a Latin language. The other 30 is like classical Latin. And then part the 6% is like Greek. And the other like 20-something percent is like Germanic, like Germanic Celtic, you know, that that's that's crazy. It's a Frankenstein language, but it's you don't understand how much they have affected the whole world. Like if the Empire Roman Empire did not exist or did exist lo- existed longer, how will how the world would have changed? That is that is crazy. Also, the the Greeks if they had conquered more land, if they had let's say they had that the Greece has stayed. I mean, Greece they did they did it. They outlived their own empire. Whereas, like the Mongol Empire, I don't think they did that as much, you know. In terms of their, in terms of their influence, like that scorched earth strategy. I mean, they kind of just raped and pillaged. Yeah, they They didn't lay infrastructure. They didn't have any cultural impact, any linguistic impact. They were cool though. I mean, they were not not for the rapes. They for the did what they did and moved on to the next spot. Yeah, it's like whereas the Romans and the Greeks, they have a huge impact on language, on culture, on archaeology, on the architecture on the way we think about military tactics and strategy not a military tactics and strategy but more like i mean people still do t- you know read the Gal- the gallic wars by um caesar see how he he conquered the Hevelti people the modern day swiss people the the Ga- the gauls the french the britons he conquered a lot of people and how the how the romans won against the Pelop- the and not the peloponnesian that's in greece um the Punic Wars against Carthage. Hannibal Barca was great strategist. I'm just saying that is a huge like impact. Like we still feel it today. Isn't that crazy? We still feel it today. Anyways, um, we're gonna do the last five episodes. We're gonna make this in a two-parter. This is the New Year special, so we're gonna do the other part after this one because we're at fifty minutes. <laughs> 